Thanks for watching live. Thanks for watching on demand. And thank you for listening to the podcast. Hopefully this series has encouraged you, has inspired you. And hopefully today as we talk about our forever home, it really inspires you to look forward to what is to come. There's going to be plenty of change coming up. I mean, we experienced a lot of change since March, and we're going to continue experiencing change. we got an election coming up. We have holidays, and then we also have 2021. And hopefully, I know some of you parents are waiting to get your kids back into the classroom. I know some of you teachers who are watching and listening, you are waiting for those students to come back. And so that is our hope, and we're hoping that soon we can begin meeting again in person on Sunday. Again, we have no idea when that's going to happen, but we hope that it's soon. So with all this change, we want to look at Peter's letter because he was writing to an audience that was experiencing change like we are, and we believe it's really relatable. And the big takeaway throughout the series is this, that this letter was written to encourage followers of Jesus, and that hope in our true home empowers us to live Jesus-centered lives in our temporary home. And this big idea is going to be seen through each week. We saw it last week. We'll see it again this week. And before we jump into the series, there's just a few things I just invite you to do. One, please join us for Beyond the Message. It's 8 to 10 minutes. We spend some time, our hosts, throwing up some questions, and we go through the live chat. And look, we have had continued growth and engagement, and we want continued growth and engagement. It gives you a taste of community. The second thing is, we ask that you do the study with someone. You can click the link below and you can access the curriculum. But we're asking, do it with someone. We have couples doing it together. We have parents doing it with our high schoolers and middle schoolers. And then we also have groups doing this series. Allison has done an amazing job putting it together. So we're incredibly grateful for her and the influence that she has. And one thing we want to do is we want to leverage that. So please Take some time and do this study with us. Have you ever received an inheritance? Um, It's basically someone who has passed, passing on to someone or someone's something of value, whether it's money, it's property, it's titles, it's rights, maybe even obligations. Well, I did some research on what some bizarre inheritance has been. Now check these five out. One, you had people chosen by a phone book Yeah, this Portugal aristocrat, believe it or not, chose 70 random people from a phone book. And then 13 years later, he dies. And these people are called up and explained, hey, you have something waiting for you. Some of these people thought it was a scam. Can you believe that? How about Trouble the Maltese? Yes, I mean, y'all know. I mean, at least he's better than a cat, right? I know, I'm joking, it's a joke. But I think for, this is crazy town, right? This lady inherited a $12 million, or this gave a $12 million estate through a trust fund to her dog. Look, I love dogs, but that's crazy town. The judge, who had apparently some sense, reduced it down to $2 million. How about the pair of one-back pocket jeans? So back in the 1800s, this was stored in a trunk. Someone inherited it the trunk, opened it up, and found this rare pair of jeans. They end up selling it for $100,000. It's pretty crazy. And then the homeless brothers, they were living in a cave outside of Budapest. Somehow, someone found these cave, cavemen and told them that their grandmother had passed in Germany and left them, no joke, 5 
billion, not million, five billion dollars. It's crazy. And then the 30 pieces of silver. Um, we had, uh, there was an Australian socialite who died in 2009 and left behind an estate worth about, about 3.5 million. Well, instead of giving it to her ex-husband and two daughters, she gave it to a Catholic charity. Instead, she gave, believe it or not, you can't make this stuff up, she gave her two daughters and her ex-husband 30 pieces of silver of the lowest denomination of currency, which was about $1.50 a person. Now, could you imagine? That's crazy. Look, each of these examples, the inheritance was intentional. It was sometimes an act of compassion. It was thought out. It was specific. Look, you and I, we have an inheritance. You might be receiving one from your parents, your grandparents, a friend, or maybe even aristocrat. It's actually not the one I'm talking about. The one I'm talking about that all of us have been invited to is that we all have been invited to receive an inheritance from God. And Peter is going to talk about what that uh, that inheritance looks like. It's intentional, it's thought out, and It's an act of compassion that God has towards us. This inheritance, we're going to see, is received in three phases, and it's safe, it's secure, and it satisfies us. Remember last week how we talked about that this life is prep for our eternal life? And we'll be diving back into that this week. And remember, the whole story of the Bible is that God is renewing all things to himself. He's going to be renewing us back to a time like the Garden of Eden. There was God and there was humanity, no sin. And God's going to get us back to that. Sin came and it wrecked everything. Sin, the punishment to sin, is death. And so what Jesus did, he came and he saved the day. He took upon your death and my death, our payment for sin. He covered that. And through his death, we receive forgiveness. And through his resurrection, we receive spiritual life. So when you believe that Jesus died and rose again, you not only are forgiven, but you have received eternal life. It doesn't get better than that. So today, we're going to be talking more about that. Last week, we talked that some of us are putting energy into things that won't last. I mean, some of the things that won't last are the material things of this world that are going to fade away one day. We encourage you to spend some time doing the things that are going to, that are going to matter. I think for some of us, we, we're not putting what we need to in our spiritual growth. For some of us, we're not doing our best with our kids. And maybe it's just a reminder that, man, we have a short time to give as much as we can to our kids, to help them understand God and that he loves them and wants a relationship with them. And the only way that can happen is through Jesus. Hopefully that's a good reminder. So let's jump in. Peter writes, all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by great mercy that we have been born again because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. And so uh, Peter is reminding us that we've been born again. And the only reason why we've been born again is because it's been an act of compassion from God to us. Simply, God didn't have to do it, but he wanted to. He loved you. He loved me, and he wanted a relationship with us. And so there was a need, and God had the resources to meet that need. How does he meet that need? Through Jesus' death and resurrection. 
Jesus' resurrection is our hope. I mean, think about Peter for a second. Peter is a guy who saw his leader die. He saw him buried. Nobody was expecting nobody. Think about this. As the women came back and they said that the tomb was empty, him and John ran fast as they could and they saw that the tomb was empty. He ended up quitting. He went fishing back on the galley, things that he knew to do. Then all of a sudden he saw Jesus cooking up some fish on the shore. He jumped out of the boat. He swam like Michael Phelps style to see Jesus. See, the resurrection changed everything for Peter and it changes everything for us. Without the resurrection, we have no hope. The resurrection is so, so, so important because it changes everything. So Peter continues. He says, okay, I reminded you of this. Now, because you've been born again, because you've been saved, we live with great expectation. Another word, another phrase is living hope. That we have this priceless inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, It's pure, it's undefiled, and it's beyond the reach of change and decay. The cool thing about this is time does not destroy this hope we have that God made a promise to us. Um, Have you ever hoped for something or expected something? Sometimes I hope that I get something to eat, or maybe I expect that this happens. And when I forget that I was hungry because I get worked up or do something else, or maybe something else happens and I forget what I was expecting. Time kills those things. But time doesn't stand a chance against this hope that we have because it's secure with God's promises. Have you ever talked with older people that it's like the older they get, the more comfortable they are with death, especially those who are followers of Jesus and really the conversations they have with followers of Jesus, they're more comfortable with death the closer they, they get to it. But for younger people, we have a hard time being comfortable like they are with death because there's so much to do. And yet this life matters. And what we do in this life matters. But man, this isn't our eternal home. Peter talks what this inheritance looks like, that it's priceless, that it's safe, it's secure, that God is actually storing it with him. He says, And through your faith, God is protecting you by his power until you receive this salvation. That's our inheritance, which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. So you might be thinking, well, I think I'm saved. I'm kind of in, right? Well, our salvation happens in three phases. Yeah, believe it or not. Past, present, and future. So our past is when you made a decision to follow Jesus. When you believe in his death and resurrection, he gave you his spirit. You came alive. The present is the fact that there's nothing. You're not strong enough. I'm not strong enough to keep ourselves saved. God does that. I mean, he signed the adoption papers. You're in. He's not looking at tearing that up. He's all in, and he guides and guards us. We're not kept by our strength. We are kept by him. I I love one theologian. He wrote this. He said, we are being guarded for glory. It's pretty neat. Then we have the future It's God providing us new bodies and a new home. And we'll talk more about that in a minute. See, our salvation is going to conclude the day on the last day. That means it's the time before God makes all things new. He makes a new heaven and new earth. So that's when we'll have 
that new body. We'll talk more about that. Peter continues, says, so be truly glad. Man, there's wonderful joy ahead. The joy ahead is this eternal home with God. Even though you must endure many trials for a little while, and y'all, some of you are going through some things right now. And he's reminding us that we're going to endure trials. We're going to suffer. And these trials will show you that your faith is genuine. It's being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. Through your faith is Though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, notice what he writes. It will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. Peter is writing to friends who have been persecuted, who have been suffering from the government or from former friends, even family and even Jews who rejected Jesus as the Messiah. And he's helping them understand that our salvation can get us through sufferings in this world. I mean, our salvation just doesn't get us in. But remember, it's what God does in our present that he's keeping us saved. He's providing us strength. He's guarding us. That means no matter what we go through, it will never take us away from God. See, suffering allows us to live out our faith. With God's protection and power, we're able to face suffering with joy. See, joy is a satisfaction that doesn't come from changing circumstances. Instead of joy being a thermometer, joy is a thermostat. Peter's saying, look, this is worth it, man. You may go through some things right now, but man, it is, it is worth it. One day it is going to be worth it. So he continues, he says, you love him, speaking of Jesus, even though you've never seen him. I mean, Peter's giving you some credit, giving me some credit that, y'all, I've touched him, I've talked with him, but you haven't. Though you do not see him now, you trust him, and you rejoice with with a glorious, inexpressible joy. The reward for trusting him will be the salvation of your souls. And Peter's helping them understand Y'all believe these eyewitness accounts that are floating around. You haven't seen them. You haven't touched them. But man, you believe. And that's going to work. That's going to matter. That matters. That is worth something. I love what Warren, Warren Wiersbe says. He says, we are born for glory, kept for glory, prepared for glory, so that one day we experience glory. And Peter's helping them understand, y'all, it is worth it. It is so worth it. He continues, this salvation was something even the prophets wanted to know more about when they prophesied about this gracious salvation prepared for you. They wondered what time or situation the Spirit of Christ within them was talking about when he had told them in advance about Christ's suffering and his great glory afterward. They were told that their messages were not for themselves, but for you. And now this good news has been announced to you by those who preached in the power of the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. It is also wonderful that even the angels are eagerly watching these things happen. What Peter does, he goes back in time. He goes back and talks about the Old Testament prophets that predicted two mountaintops. They saw two mountaintops. They saw Calvary and they saw the Mount of Olives. At Calvary, that's where Jesus died. Isaiah 53 Isaiah writes and predicts that the Messiah would suffer, that he would be the suffering servant. And Jesus 
fulfilled all of that. It's also predicted by Zechariah in Zechariah 14 that Jesus is actually going to come back down. He's going to return and his feet are going to hit the Mount of Olives and boom, it divides into two. Jesus even predicted that. Jesus even said that was going to happen. So what they saw, they saw those two mountaintops, but what they miss is they missed the church in between the mountaintops. They, they missed the church in the valley. And y'all, we are that church. We are making history. And here's the cool thing about it. The angels are sitting back watching it and can't get enough of it because it's so awesome how Jews and Gentiles are believing in a Messiah that came 2,000 years ago. Blown away. Have you ever watched a Netflix season? Maybe it was a show and it was on Netflix or maybe it was on Prime. You couldn't get enough of it. You couldn't stop watching. You would binge watch. Look, angels are watching what happens because it's so amazing. So as we circle back to our inheritance, which is our salvation, it's important to remember that our salvation is safe it's secure, and it satisfies us unlike any earthly inheritance we may receive. Our salvation gets us through the sufferings of this earth as we look to the day where God renews all things. And part of that renewal is that God will provide us new bodies. Yet he's going to provide us a body that won't decay, that won't be tarnished by disease or cancer. He's going to provide us that new body. And that new body, a good picture of what that looks like, is Jesus's glorified body when he came back i mean he walked into a room that was locked and met with the disciples how did that all happen i had no idea but man we can speculate we can have fun speculate about it but the fact is you and i are going to get a new body for a new home that new home is the new heavens and the new earth that god is going to to create for you and for me to enjoy the heaven where we go when we die. Paul says this, he says, when you're absent from the body, you're present with the Lord. Well, that's not our forever home. That's a temporary heaven that he will make new one day. I love what N.T. Wright, he says, the early Christians believed that God was going to do for the whole cosmos what he had done for Jesus at Easter. Albert Walters adds, he, speaking of God, refuses to abandon the work of his hands. In fact, he sacrifices his own son to save his original project, humankind, which has botched its original mandate and is given another change in Christ. We are reinstated as God's managers on earth. I think for some of us, man, we think heaven, like we're going to be uh, like wrapped up in some, tur- some type of towel and it's stringing on a harp. <laughs> That's not heaven, and we're going to be singing songs for millions of years. That's not heaven. Heaven is getting us back to a renewed earth, a renewed heaven a, with renewed bodies. Y'all, we are going to be managed. We're going to be doing things. We're going to be enjoying what he creates. We are going to enjoy that. That is what heaven is going to be like. <sighs> Amazing. Our salvation, remember, is our inheritance that happens in three, three phases. And God has made a commitment to us that he's not willing to abandon us before we receive the full inheritance. And Peter used this to encourage his friends, and y'all, we need to be using that to encourage our friends as well. 
So there's two practical things that we can do this week. One, let's work on that study together. And the second thing that we can do is that we can find someone this week to encourage, remind them that God has made a commitment to them and that he's not willing to abandon them. Would you do those two things this week? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for reminding us through Peter's letter that we have a new home. And not just that, but you have promised to give us the full inheritance, which is a new body and a new home. So God, give us strength as we wait. Give us strength as we go through times of suffering. God, when things don't go as planned, remind us that it is an opportunity for us to live out our faith for you. God, give us strength to live in a way that brings fame and attention to you. Help us this week to remind someone of your love for them, of your commitment to them, and how you're not willing to back out of their adoption. Thank you so much for what you do. In Jesus' name, amen.